If you have a Bible, go ahead and grab it and, and turn to Luke chapter 12. If not, there's someone on the back table there in the middle. And someone will be happy to uh, get one for you or feel free to just stand up and grab one. Luke chapter 12. We're going to be in verses 35 through uh, 48 this morning. Uh, yesterday evening, Andrea and I met my parents in Ohio about an hour northeast of Cincinnati, which is halfway towards my hometown, um, to drop off our children to spend a week at Grandma and Grandpa's. Um, so we got there, we ate some Chipotle together, and then um, I went through the process of transferring car seats from my van to theirs, which is a chore. I think it should be an Olympic event, um, if only because I could get a gold medal in that, and um, I can't get a gold medal in anything else, but I could I could get a gold medal in that one, I think, or maybe a bronze. Um, but once we got them all loaded in, it was it was time to go, and just before they, they were getting ready to leave, I, I said to my dad, I said, are you ready for this, you know, to go from zero children to four small children, ages eight and under, that's, that's quite the change. I said, are you ready for this? And he said, no. <laughs> Which was the right answer, because I wake up every day and I'm, I'm not ready for it. You know? It's a challenge every day. Um, how could you be ready? I mean, I, there's so many things that we're called to be, to be ready for. Are you, are you, are you ready for work? Are you, are you ready for um, a vacation? Are you ready for the school year to start? Is it going to happen soon? There's, there's so many things that we're called to be ready for. And in this passage today, that, that's actually Jesus' main message is be ready. It's, it's just a statement. And that, that's, that's what we're going to think about this morning. Be ready. Or you might want to phrase it as a question. Are you ready? Let's just jump right into it, actually, and, and, and keep that in your mind. This, this idea, this is just this call to action. Be ready. Be prepared. Or, are you ready? Are you prepared? Luke chapter 12, verse 35, Jesus says, Stay dressed for action, and keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the Master finds awake when He comes. Truly I say to you, He will dress Himself for service and have them recline at table, and He will come and serve them. If He comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the Master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, He would not have left His house to be broken into. You also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, and he begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. 
Everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. Be ready. Be prepared. If that's the call of Jesus here, to be ready, we're going to need some more information, right? Uh, If I said to you, are you ready for this? You would probably say, ready for what? (laughs) What are you talking about? What am I supposed to be ready for? I don't know if I'm ready, if I don't know what it is. And so we're going to ask some questions to try to understand this, this call to, to preparedness, to readiness. Be ready. The first question is going to be, ready for what? Okay, so... Ready? Ready for what? Uh, Then we'll ask, why should I be ready? And then third, how can I be ready? And finally, who should be ready? So the main idea, be ready. Ready for what? Why should I be ready? How can I be ready? And who should be ready? All right, so let's just go one question at a time. The first one, ready for what? It's hard to know exactly how the disciples heard this. This this whole idea, because Jesus is there already, but it's obvious that, that Luke is writing this, and as he's speaking to us, he's speaking about the second coming of Jesus, the return of Christ. So what are we to be ready for? We're to be ready for the return of Jesus. Or, or as it's called in this passage, remember, this, this day of revealing. Um, you remember that, that it's, it's referred to earlier in chapter 12 as a, there's, there's, a, there's a coming day of revelation when Christ will return. There's a, a day fixed in the future when, when Christ will come. I've, I've been keep coming back to, um, in different studies to uh, Acts 17. And it says in Acts 17.30, The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now He commands all people everywhere to, to repent because He has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So there's a a day, a fixed day, a sure day, a solid day that God has set when he is coming back to judge the world in righteousness. And and, And what Jesus is saying is, are you ready for that day when Christ Returns. He, he talks about it at the beginning here in verse 35 with these two pictures, these two word pictures. Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. The, the first one there, stay dressed for actions. I have a note in my Bible that says it literally means let your loins stay girded. Now, none of us really know what in the world that means, but the, the picture here is um, in that time that they would have worn long robes. Um, and if you wear a long robe, I, I don't typically wear robes, and I've never worn a dress, and so I don't understand this. But but if you're going to do something active, you need to. Uh, they would have they would have taken that and and tucked part of it up underneath a belt around them, so that they were dressed for action. They were ready to do something. It, it's similar, maybe, to our phrase uh, to to roll your sleeves up. So you're getting ready for work. When I do dishes, if I'm wearing a nice shirt, I, I just I take that nice shirt off so I have my just my undershirt on because it's I'm I'm doing work. It's it's time to work. And so that's the idea here: is stay dressed for action. Uh, you're ready to go. Or the next one is to to keep your lamps burning, to keep your lamps lit. Um, the idea is just that, that the lights on. You're not asleep. You're awake. You're you're ready to go. Ready for whatever is is coming our way. And, and so we remember what Jesus, who Jesus is saying this to. Stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps burning. It's specifically to the disciples, but the crowd is there listening. And remember what he's been talking about in this passage. 
He's been talking a lot about money and possessions, and he's been talking about hypocrisy. So he's speaking to this crowd that's that's comfortable in their hypocrisy or has confidence in their riches and in the things that they have. They, they, he's speaking to people like them and people like us, people who are we think life is made up of food and clothing and money and possessions. People like us who get just kind of caught up in, in, in daily activities. We're concerned with the, the here and now. And we forget about the ultimate then and later. We just, it's, it's easy to do, isn't it? I mean, it's just so simple. There's so much going on every day. There's so many concerns that we have on a daily basis. And so Jesus is saying this idea, be ready for that coming day, for this ultimate later day, which is his return. It's, it's something we need to be ready for. And he talks about readiness, and and he talks about it in terms of of three parables. Let me just kind of map this out for you, because it was really hard for me to understand until I kind of saw part of this. So there's there's three parables, three illustrations, three stories that Jesus is going to tell. The first here, to, to kind of help us answer our questions, is verse 36 through 38. That's one. So it's this picture of a master coming home from a wedding feast and there are servants that are waiting and ready for when that master comes home to serve him. Okay, so that's that's one picture is of the master returning after a wedding feast. Then there's a separate picture. It's the same phrases, so it looks like it's the same, but it's a totally different illustration in verses 39 through 40. And it's about a master being prepared for a thief. Now, there's no way to be prepared for a thief, is the thought, but the ma- it says if the master knew that someone was going to rob him, he would stay home, he'd be ready. If you knew right now that someone was going to rob your home uh, between the hours of 11 and 12 o'clock, then you probably wouldn't be here, because you knew that was going to happen. So that's the idea of, that, that's in the second one. And then the third one is mostly in verses 42 through 48, and it's this idea of a, of a steward or a manager. So a master takes someone and puts him in charge of his estate, of his home, of his different things for a period of time while he is away and the master is going to return home. So you see that there's, there's, so there's three separate illustrations, very similar themes about masters and servants and, and things like that, but there's three separate ones. Um, and so we've asked this question, ready for what, right? We need to be ready for the, the return of Christ. For this second coming, for this day of, of revealing. Well, the next question is why? Why should I be ready for that? Why, why should that concern me? Why shouldn't I be just concerned about what's going on around me? Why should I be ready? Uh, the first reason we should be ready is we don't know when Jesus is coming. We don't know when it's going to happen. This is In all three of these parables, there's this idea of we, we don't know. So the first one is the, the men are waiting for their master to come home from this wedding feast, and they don't know when he's going to be there. The wedding feast could last as for intermittent periods of time. It could be seven days. It could be five days. It could be one day. They don't know when the master is, is coming back. There's this sense where they're, they're not sure. Uh, in verses 39 through 40, that's the main thing, isn't it? That you don't know when the thief is coming. We could think about the day of the Lord. It comes as a thief in the night. You know that phrase from Scripture. That's the same idea here. And so he says in verse 40, You must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you don't expect. You have no idea when he's coming back. And that same idea is found in, um, in verse 46. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. 
and in an hour, he does not know. So there's a need for constant readiness. Why? Because the possibility of Jesus returning, is it, it could happen at any moment. This day of revealing, this judgment day, this, this coming revelation, could happen today. It could happen before this sermon's over. Or it could happen this week while you're at work. It could happen at any time. You may think of yourself uh, at work, and, and there's the temptation maybe at your work to sort of slack off on the job. You know, surf the internet a little bit, take some shortcuts, take a nap while you're at work. But you don't do that, do you? Why? Because you never know when the boss might show up. The boss might come in, and so you need to remain in this constant state of readiness. So, so this idea of waiting for the day of the Lord, as we're thinking about it, it's, it's not a passive sort of sitting in our chair and just looking up to the sky, waiting for Jesus to come. But rather, it's, it's an active, ready. we're ready for Christ to come. The, one commentator, Daryl Bach, says this, Often we think of waiting as an attitude, but Jesus sees it as translating into action. When you think about waiting, maybe don't think about sitting in a chair, but think about a waiter. A waiter who is walking around and, and doing things. It's caring for different aspects. That, that's the, more the picture of what waiting is here. That it's an active waiting. We should be ready. Why should we be ready? Because we don't know when Jesus is coming. And next, because there's a promised blessing and a threat of cursing when He does come. That's throughout all of these as well. So, in the first illustration... These men are waiting for the master to come home from the wedding feast. And they're, they're ready. It's like they're at the door, it says, so that when he knocks, they're ready. They're right there. We're going to open the door up and he's going to be there. And what happens when they open the door? It says, Blessed are those servants who the master finds when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at the table. And he will come and serve them. He says they're extra blessed if he comes in the second or the third watch and finds them awake. Now, that, what that basically means if it's the middle of the night. It's like 12 a.m., 2 a.m., that these servants are ready. They're awake. They're ready for the master to show up. So when the hour gets late, they're ready to go. And, and, and when, when he shows up, there is this blessing. It's an amazing thing that he says there. Just, just the master comes home, the servants are waiting, and what does the master do? You guys are awake. Have a seat at the table. I'm going to put on the servant clothes, and I'm going to serve you. My wife watches Downton Abbey, and sometimes I'm in the same room when she's watching it. Um, it's okay. Is that all right? Um, <laughs> Downton Abbey is a story about um, this this real regal house of lords and ladies in the turn of the century, and and there's the, it's an upstairs downstairs drama they call it. So there's the upstairs people that are rich, and then there's the downstairs people that that serve those that are upstairs. And when I think about that, there's you know Lord Grantham, he's in charge of the whole place, and I. It just strikes me as odd, maybe if you've ever seen the show, to think about Lord Grantham coming home and, and the servants are there ready and waiting. Why? Because they're supposed to be. That's what they're supposed to be doing. But then imagine that he says, oh, I'm so glad that you guys are here ready to serve. Let me serve you all. Why don't you sit down and I will perform the service for you all. It, it just doesn't happen like that. Masters and lords aren't, aren't like that. But, but Jesus is a master and a lord unlike any other, isn't he? Amen. 
He shows up and He's ready to serve. I don't know how we could not think about, about John 13. Get this picture in your head, which you've, you've had before. Now, before the Feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of the world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands, and that He had come from God and was going back to God, Jesus rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Amazing that that's what Jesus, the Lord of the universe, does for his disciples. And we, we see that in the Gospels it says that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And there's a sense in which in the second coming, he comes to serve again. He comes as the reigning king, but it says here, if we are ready, when he returns, he will serve us. I think about that great marriage supper of the Lamb, and I, and I just wonder if what this in a sense means is that Christ is the one who is serving us at the table. What an amazing picture that if we are prepared, if we are ready, there is a blessing for us when he returns. There's a blessing that's said in verse 44 too. Truly I say to you, this is for the, ma- the, the one who's ready when the master comes. He will set him over all his possessions. So there's this wonderful blessing that is, is pronounced for the one that's ready, that's cared for things well. There's, he's, he's put in charge of all his possessions. There's a promised blessing if we are ready. Why should you be ready? Because there's a blessing if you're ready. But you should also be ready because there's a curse if you're not. There's a curse if you're not. This is interesting. If you look in the second parable, I'm sorry, the third parable, so in verses 41 through 48, Jesus brings out this illustration of a manager or a steward, someone who is set over this house and is in charge of caring for the servants that are there. And there's the one servant, the good servant, the faithful servant, the wise servant, who gives the food at its proper time and takes care of the household, and he is blessed when the master comes home. But then there's these three other servants. One is in verse 45. It's the servant who, who the master is delayed, and so he does whatever he wants. And when the master comes, what happens to that slave? It says that the master will cut him in pieces. And put him with the unfaithful. It's pretty strong, isn't it? The master comes and this guy isn't ready. And he's cut in pieces and put with the unfaithful. Another one knew what he was supposed to do but didn't do it. And he receives a severe beating. Another guy, the, in verse 48, is ignorant about what he's supposed to do but still isn't doing what he's supposed to do. And he receives a light beating. Just, just think about this. That if we're not prepared then we don't receive the blessing. You're not, you're not placed over the master's possessions. And, and he doesn't serve you, but rather there is punishment. They're being cut in pieces and thrown in with the unfaithful and receiving beatings. The question I've been wrestling with this week, and I'll allow you to wrestle with it because I don't have a solid answer yet, is are these folks, are these, these three to represent, are they, are they unbelievers? Did they receive a beating because they're not prepared? Because they, they've never put faith in Christ? 
Or is it just the first one? I mean, the first one obviously is. He received, he, he's hacked in pieces and thrown in with the unfaithful. Are then the other two sort of saved by fire? They get into heaven, but it's just, you know, by the skin of their teeth. I kind of lean that they're all unbelievers. But it, part of me says, I don't think that's what Jesus wants us to ask. I don't think that's the point that he's making, really. The point is, be prepared. Because if you're not prepared, there will be... There will be cursing. There will be. Um, it will not go well for you. It will not be a blessing if he returns and we are not prepared. So why should we be ready? We should be ready because we don't know when he's coming back, and because there's a blessing if we are prepared, but there's also a curse if we are not prepared. Now, for smart people, the question we ask now is, well, how can I be ready? I want to be ready. I want to be prepared if he's coming back and I don't know when he's coming back. And I want to receive blessing from God when he does return. So how can I be ready? I think that's seen in these these four examples. The 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 one steward is a positive example, and then we've got sort of the three stooges, the the three negative examples, right? The guys who don't do what they're supposed to do. The positive example is is verse forty three. I'm sorry, let's start in verse 42. And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager? Faithful and wise manager, whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. How is this guy ready when the master comes back? I think the two key words are faithful and wise. He's faithful and he's wise. He's, this first idea is, is that he's trustworthy. He's worthy of trust. That the, that the Lord, the Master, puts things in charge because he can trust this guy to do what he's supposed to do. And the, I think we need to ask that question then. Am I prepared? How, do I, how can I be prepared? We'll ask ourselves, am I faithful and trustworthy? Am I faithful and trustworthy in the things that, that God has given me? Can I be depended on to deal with the things that God has placed in front of me? I think very often we're seeking for greater influence or more prestige in the kingdom of God without recognizing the things that are already in front of us that we need to be responsible for and take care of. Can we be trusted with the responsibilities, with the things that God has already told us that we need to do? So, um, am I a faithful child to my parents? Do I, do I listen and obey my parents? Am I a faithful, trustworthy husband or wife? Am I an employee that is faithful and trustworthy that reflects Christ? Am I a faithful parent? Am I a faithful church member? Am I a faithful witness of the gospel? Am I faithful to the needy that God brings across my path? There's all these things that that we are called and responsible for that sometimes we just forget. And we need to ask ourselves, God has given me a certain amount of responsibility in my life. Am I doing what He's called me to do? So part of being ready is to recognize, here's all the things that God has told me that I am to be in charge of, that I'm to be over, the responsibilities that He's given me. Am I being faithful and trustworthy in those things? I think it's good just to think through some of those. What are the responsibilities? Even to, to write them out to say, am I walking in a faithful way in these different areas of my life? But he's not just faithful. What else is he? He's, he's wise. 
He's wise. I think wisdom in this context, at least in part, has to do with, if we think about all that we've been studying up to this point, is to recognize what, what truly matters. Is to, to, to ask the question, am I storing up treasure that will last, or am I wasting my life on trivial and, and worthless things? This guy could do whatever he wants, but he realizes that if he's faithful, there will be a blessing later. That if I'm faithful now when it's difficult, there will be a blessing later. So much of what Jesus is coming up against is this attitude of we want to get the things that we want now, we want blessing now, and we neglect to think about the future. And a wise servant, a wise steward is considering the future. He's thinking, I could do whatever I want right now, but my master's coming back. And if he comes back and I've been a worthless manager... It's not going to go well for me. So he's wise. He, he's thinking about, he's thinking ahead. And again, th- this is that call to us. We get so caught up in the daily activities of our lives and in the here and the now that we forget to think that there is a day when the Master will return. Will I be ready? Am I being wise in what I'm investing in? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where is your heart? What are you treasuring? What are you investing in? Is it something that when the master comes back, he'll say, well done, well, faithful and wise servant. You are investing in things that truly matter. And we will receive the blessing because we are prepared. So the positive example tells us we need to be faithful, trustworthy. We need to be wise. But then there's these three negative examples. The first one is this. He's totally unfaithful. Look at it in verse 45. If that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink and get drunk. I mean, this guy is is unfaithful and wicked. And that's, that's the thing we need to ask ourselves. Am I faithless and wicked? So before we're saying, Am I trustworthy and faithful? Am I wise? You know, thinking about am I, how, how do we be ready? Ask yourself, Am I faithless and wicked? Because this guy, he, he's been put in charge of something. And what does he do? He does the exact opposite of what the master tells him to do. He beats the male and the female servants. The other guy is providing their food at the proper time. This guy's beating them. And he's eating and drinking and getting drunk. He is wicked. He's evil. I think it's obvious that this guy is not a Christian. Because when the master comes back, the punishment is he's cut in pieces and he's thrown in with the unfaithful. Those who have faith in Christ are not thrown in with the unfaithful. But if the master returns and we have no faith, and we are in fact wicked and acting against him, then the punishment is eternal. Then we are definitely not prepared. We need to ask ourselves that question. Am I faithless? Am I trusting God? Am I thinking about what really matters in this life? That He will return. And if I'm acting against Him, it will not go well for me on that day. Are you prepared? How can you be prepared? By being faithful and wise, not faithless and wicked. This next guy here, that servant, verse 47, who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will, but receive a severe beating. This guy is disobedient with knowledge. He, he knows what he's supposed to do, but he just doesn't do it. 
I think the question we need to ask is, for this, that, that I would boil it down to is, am I lazy, distracted, and disobedient? I think that's what this guy is. He's lazy, he's distracted, and he's disobedient. I think this is where this is text is going to hit most of us. At least this is where it hit me the most. Sometimes we're just lazy. We, we know what we're supposed to do. But we just don't do it. Sometimes we know what we're supposed to do, but we just get sidetracked by something else. And we end up being disobedient. James 4.17, though, tells us, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. Am I lazy, distracted, disobedient? I had my first experience with laughing gas this week. I had to go to an oral surgeon, and uh, and they put this thing on my nose and kind of freaked me out a little bit. I don't know. I wasn't a big fan. But, you know, they came into the room, and it was sort of a... They almost asked me that question, are you ready for this? And it was sort of like, I don't even know what's going on, let alone am I ready for whatever you're going to do. You know, you just kind of out of it. If you, have you, how many have you experienced this laughing gas thing? It's a unique thing to me. But some of us, I think we live almost in that way. We're just sort of like in a fog of sorts. You ever feel like that? I mean, I feel like that. There's so many things going on around and I'm just you're just trying to get a grip on something. And Jesus is calling us here, listen, you're distracted. You need to focus. You're being lazy. You need to focus. Andrew and I listened to a sermon by Alistair Begg based on this, on this passage, and he talked about winning the, the battle over the blankets. Isn't that sometimes the hardest battle? Waking up in the morning, getting out of bed, and doing what we know we're supposed to do? That's hard, isn't it? And, but it, and he said if we lose the battle over the blankets, then we, we will be defeated by anything. If a blanket can beat you, then anything can beat you, right? And sometimes we're just lazy, we're just distracted, we're disobedient. Not, and I'm not saying sometimes you're lazy and you're distracted. I'm saying sometimes we are. just happens. And so the question, are you ready for the return of Jesus, causes us to say, am I being lazy? Am I, am I just getting distracted by everything else? I need to, to refocus because this guy knows what he's supposed to do. But he just doesn't do it. The third guy is, is ignorant. Verse 48, But the one who did not know and did, not, and did what deserved to beat him will receive a light beating. This guy doesn't know what he's supposed to do. He's just ignorant about what he is supposed to do. But there's still punishment for him, isn't there? That ignorance is not an excuse. We are still called to be faithful. And, 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 and we, in a sense, you are responsible. If you know certain things that you are supposed to do, you are responsible to do those things. You, we don't know everything that we're supposed to do in every situation. But if you know what you're supposed to do in a situation, then we are called to be faithful in that. So these are the questions. How can I know I'm ready? I, I think it's, it's by asking more questions. Am I faithful and trustworthy in the things that God has put in my charge? Am I wise? Am I living for, for that day and not just for the present? Am I faithless? Am I, am I acting in wicked ways? Am I actually just outright rebelling against God? I know what I'm not supposed to do, and I'm, a, and I'm actually doing the opposite. Or I know what I am supposed to do, and I'm doing the opposite. So am I faithless? Am I wicked? Am I lazy and distracted and disobedient? Am I just in a fog of sorts? Just not really focused? Am I ignorant? Are there things that I just don't know that I need to seek out and understand? 
And this question, are you ready, should snap us out of that. Wake us up. Okay. Got to be ready because He's coming when I don't know. And there's a blessing for those that are ready and a curse for those that are not. Well, who should be ready? I think that's what, what Peter's asking in verse 41. Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? It's an honest question. Is this just for us disciples or is this for everyone? And again, just note, how does Jesus answer Peter's question? With a question and with a parable. (laughs) That's how Jesus always seems to answer these questions. But I think that the answer to Peter's question is found in the, in the, the parable, but especially in that last phrase of verse 48. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from, to him, and, and from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. So who should be ready? Everyone. But especially you, Peter. <laughs> I think that's what Jesus is saying. Everyone should be ready because I'm coming back for everyone. But especially those of you who know more. Those of you who who understand more, those with greater knowledge have greater responsibility. And remember, and it's not just that we're we're called to a higher standard, we're called to this higher standard, but also the punishment is worse for those who know and disobey. You notice how it goes down. The first guy who actively rebels is cut in pieces and thrown with the unfaithful. The guy who knows but is simply lazy gets a severe beating. And the guy who is ignorant gets a light beating. I think there's a, there's a realm which we can say in eternity that, that Jesus does speak that there, is, there are sort of levels of punishment based on knowledge. Now, it's all going to be bad. We don't want any punishment. But, but Jesus does say you're responsible for what has been revealed to you. This is scary. And, and not only that, but what's been entrusted to us. So if you're here and, and, and you're under the teaching of God's Word, it's you have more responsibility. This is scary for me as a pastor. Because I think that's part of what the word here is. This, this idea of giving portion of food, of this be, of being a manager... Peter and the disciples, they, they were managers. They were to teach others. Those who are in a teaching role, what we see in the New Testament, that not many should desire to be teachers because why? They're held to a stricter judgment. This hits me hard to say, you know what? You're, you're supposed to be feeding others. You're supposed to be helping others. And if you're faithless in that, then the punishment will be greater. There's, there's something you need to watch out for, Andy. Everyone is responsible. Everyone should be ready. But especially those of us who know more. Especially those of us who have heard and seen more. Those who have been entrusted with more. Been entrusted in more in different ways. Maybe you've been entrusted with more financially. Maybe you've been entrusted with more intellectually. You can read God's Word and you understand it very clearly. That's a gift that God has given you. And you you are held to a stricter standard because God has given that to you. He's entrusted that to you. He's entrusted you with a family. He's entrusted you with friends. He's entrusted you in all these different things. And we need to be careful and recognize. We need to be faithful in these. Keep coming back to this question, though, right? Are you ready? Are you ready for the return of the Master? He's going to come like a thief in the night. He's going to show up. He makes it very clear. It's not just that he's going to show up at at a... Unique time, he's actually going to show up when we don't even expect him. 
you don't even expect it. You're not even thinking he's going to show up. And that's when he's going to come. So just think about that. We've got these lovely windows here, you know? I mean, just think about Jesus breaking through the sky. What's that going to be like when he shows up? Are you, are you ready for that? Who should be ready for that? Everyone should. We all need to ask ourselves, am I ready? Am I, am I prepared for the return of Christ? If you've never made peace with God, are you ready for Him to come back? I would say if you haven't made peace with God, you, you are not ready. And you can't say, I'm going to wait till later. Because you don't know when He's going to come. That's so clear here. He's going to show up when you don't expect Him. So if you say, I'm going to wait till later, it's just foolishness to say, I'm going to wait, because you don't know when He's going to come back. And you can't pretend it doesn't matter either. Because, I mean, you see the cursing on those that are, that are disbelieving. It's, this man is cut in pieces and thrown in with the unfaithful. That is eternal punishment. This, this matters. You can't just throw it off like it doesn't mean anything. You can't claim ignorance either. If you feel like you don't know how to be ready, I'll just be real clear right now. It's not through all the good things that you try to do to earn your favor with God. Because we are all sinners. And we all deserve judgment for our sin. And God rightly will judge us. This idea of Him cutting someone in pieces and throwing Him with the unfaithful, that is not unfair. That is what we deserve for our sin. But the hope that is held out is that Jesus has come. And Jesus has taken the penalty for our sins upon Himself. So that when Christ comes and He judges sin, He looks at those that have put their faith in Christ and He says, there is no sin left to judge in that person. Because I've poured out all my wrath against that person's sin on my son. He has paid the penalty for the sin. He rose from the dead to give them new life. Not only that, but He gives us His righteousness. He makes us holy. That's how He does it. And it's by faith. So you can't say, well, I'm not good enough. Well, that's not what it's about anyways. It's about faith. It's about trusting in Him. Don't ignore uh, what may be happening in your heart right now. If the Spirit of God is saying, you are not ready. Scripture says, behold, now is the time. Now is the day of salvation. Don't put this off. Don't wait until later because you don't know when He is going to come. So I would plead with you to repent, to turn to Christ. What about those of us who, who maybe are children of God? We've, we've made peace with God. I think there's still a call here. Are you ready? And we go about our daily lives and our daily activities and our daily routines and we forget about Jesus. We forget that He is returning. And will we be found prepared? Or will we be sitting around not doing what we're supposed to do? We know what we're supposed to do. We know where we're supposed to be faithful. We just get sidetracked. But we'll be active in the work that He's given us to do. we are faithful over all that He has given us to do. Again, it's, it's not to earn our salvation, but you just think about these, these, um, these stewards and these servants, and there's this sense that they love the Master. They want to serve their Master. And that's, that's what it is for us, that we're, we long for Him to come back, and we want when He comes back for, for everything to be set in order. Been times in my life where uh, Andrea has has gone out, or she's been gone for a day or something, and and, and you know what I want to do? I want to like get the house all together. So she comes back, and it's like, look, look, look. You know, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. 
And I'll be honest, there's times where I want to do that, and I don't do it. And she comes home, and it really isn't any different. Hopefully it's not messier, but you know. Sometimes we just get lazy in that. But there's this love that we, when Christ comes, we want to be prepared. Because we love Him. And also, you know what? There's a blessing if we are prepared. Do you see this beautiful blessing? Just one more time to think about what he says. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table. And he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. There is a blessing for those who are ready. Jesus has come. Not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And he will come again. And for those that are ready, he comes to serve us again for all eternity. So, are you ready? Are you prepared? Jesus says, be ready. Be prepared. You don't know when I'm coming. When I come, there's a blessing and there's a curse. So, be ready.